This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Our focus right now with our guys is trying to improve and really stay sharp and ramp up and make sure we're at our A game, you know, come next weekend. When we're here, that's what we're focused on. And then fortunately, I can compartmentalize it and then, you know, work on, you know, the Zooms and things that happen at night. And I'm doing those at my house. Like, can I take a behind the uh, the curtain for a second? I like that. See, like when when Joe plays sound like that, he'll tell me in my ear who it is and where it's from. And I'll tell you in a minute. But I can't repeat (laughs) I can't say it the way Joe just told me. <laughs> just bouncing zooms and and the task said, at hand and zooms. He says and Mike, stuff. Mike McDonald talking about balancing practice and zooming. <laughs> All right, then. I'm gonna tell you what he said at the end. <laughs> it's gotta be a tight a tight rope to walk. You're trying to get ready for the AFC Championship game and oh by the way, the playoffs in general. And oh by the way, uh, I'm trying to get a job. And the way the the rules are. Coaches who are in the postseason right now will not be able to interview again until Monday. See, I don't think the interviewing process should show up until after the Super Bowl. I mean, that's part of uh, – well, I mean, I guess it's it's a difficult thing because, you know, you want to allow these teams to find their right guy and get ahead of the curb um, so for free agency, for preparing for the draft and all that. But, you know, it just seems unfair to some of those guys. I'm not mad, you know, because now you got a situation where it looks like Munkin and Mc- – McDonald could be back, but it's got to suck for some of these guys that are on good teams that are just, unless you're waiting, because what teams don't want to do is get caught left holding the bag, waiting for you to become available, and then you choose another team. And then now it's like, all right, where are we going now? Because mm-hmm. that was our guy, unless there's some sort of so, verbal agreement. Let me, let me get this straight again. So you think they should be able to interview throughout? Well, I I don't know what the right answer is to this because, like, I don't know that you can sit here and say you got to wait until after the Super Bowl because then you're screwing over the teams that need to find a coach. And at the same extent, you're hurting these guys. Yeah. So maybe they should be able to interview throughout and um, and have it this way. But I don't know. I just don't think it's a great look, and it seems unfair to the guys that are successful right now. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I think they're penalized. We've seen, Ed, through the years, coaches have been penalized jobs because – the unavailability because the teams are good. The current teams are good. Yeah. And it's a real thing because you know how it goes. And, you know, jobs fill up and you think people get a head start on you. Yeah. I, I, I think you would, especially in the age of Zoom, you should be okay. Yeah. In the age of Zoom, you should be fine. Why, why is it a big deal? It's a Zoom, for goodness sake. You're sitting down at your desk. Yeah. You mean to tell me that these coaches don't take an hour out of their day to do other things? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm sure you got a lunch break. I was going to say eat for yeah. one, yeah. 
eat your sandwich. Hey, listen, I'm doing this during my lunch break, so I might have my sandwich here. Right. Do you mind? No, I don't mind. Okay. Let's zoom away. Okay. I don't see what the problem is. Yeah, I you know the the Zoom stuff doesn't bother me. Like it, I guess it would get you with the travel because these coaches shouldn't be forced to travel back and forth. If you can do a Zoom interview, great. Or if they want to come to you, that's another thing that's possible. But they've got a bigger task at hand right now, and it's. I mean, maybe it is hard to stay focused. I don't know because I've never been in that situation where uh, possibly somebody else wants you while you're going through you know a, a job right now. Maybe I have, but but it's it's different though because you have a. You have a bigger task at hand. You want to win the Super Bowl. You don't want anything taking your eyes away from it. I talk about bowl games all the time. When you get a coach that's in flux where it's like, is he leaving, is he staying, and the impact it has on the team in a one-game scenario. But now you're going to be in a playoff with these guys running off interviewing. Are they leaving? Are they going? What's going on? But I think with with, with the NFL, is different than college, uh, Jeremy, because, and I know some people are going to make the joke, they're all pros, but the NFL, everybody's a contracted mm-hmm. pro. They understand the business. Everybody in college may not understand the business. Just because you got 10 guys on the football team getting NILs, what about the other 70 guys? They may not all understand the fact that it's a business. And on top of that, if you got an NIL at the age of 19, you don't understand business like a 26, 27-year-old man does. So I don't think I, – I think if Todd Munkin had an interview and Lamar Jackson found out about it, he's going to say, man, good luck to you. I wish you the best for you and your family. Let's beat Kansas City. That's, I mean, that's what should happen. Yeah, I think it. I think it, I think more often than not, it would happen. I mean, these guys when they talk about losing their coordinators, and you look at these players, and to me, they look genuinely happy for the coordinators when these guys move on for better jobs. Oh, yeah, because they know it's part of the business. I mean, it, it's it's so common, and it's very common when you have a good organization because you guys are always in demand. I mean, think about all the coordinators here going to head coaching jobs all the way back to you know when, when <laughs> Billick was here. And just a lot of guys became coaches. And it makes sense. I don't know if you lose Munkin, some some are going to say Lamar's third offensive coordinator in, in as many years. Mm-hmm. That's part of the business yeah. when you're successful, man. Yeah. Got to deal with it. Uh, do you want to – because guess what, Jeremy? If you suck, he's going to have three offensive coordinators in three years probably anyway. Yeah. You're going to revert back to it. I was telling you guys, like, there's all different kinds of dilemmas you're going to deal with in the NFL and some things that you're not – uh, certain of that it's coming up, but like Josh Allen has a forty-some million dollar cap hit. That's something that the yep. Bills are going to have to handle. You're going to lose some players. You think he'll redo his contract? That's what we were talking about yesterday in the break. Is like you would assume that there might be something coming. I thought up. that was today. Was it today? I think it was. Maybe today. it was today. But we, you know, the fact that we brought this up and it's like you look at that cap hit and how large it is. You got to figure something out if you're going to try to keep other players or if you're going to try to get better. Remember, this is a team that's not going on to the Super Bowl. It's not winning, so you're looking at improving yeah. where you were. Um, but again, with coaches, that's the other part of it too. With all these offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators leaving, unless you're hiring from within, now you got to go find somebody. If they took yours, and a lot of the offensive coordinators, defensive mm-hmm. coordinators, they might be gone. You know, like the ones that you want. Well, the ones that we want became head coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, Marvin Lewis and Rex Ryan and you know, Caldwell with the Lions, and it just the, the list goes on and on. Guys, you know, Kubiak, guys, all went up to head coaching jobs. Yeah. Daily line at nine thirty with Jeremy Kahn, but on the other side, the Hall of Fame. We know who's going in, baseball wise. Dan Connolly, who is a voter, joins us. See which side he leaned to, right here on the fan. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 915 in the AM Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. What are you doing over there? I love this. Why do you love it? This is uh is this big pun? Yep. Big pun was underrated, Rob. Big pun. It was underrated? Yeah, I think so. Beat nuts. That whole crew. Joining us right now, Baseball Hall of Fame voter, courtesy of the WGK Law Guest Hotline, our good friend Dan Connolly. What's going on, Dan? What's up, guys? How are you? Doing well, man. Listen, listen, the Hall of Fame voters in. Adrian Beltre, one of my favorite baseball players of all time, and he got the respect that he needed to get, getting over 95% of the votes. Did you expect that many? You know, I, I think I did because I have a lot more faith in the in the voter group than a lot of uh, people in the public do. And this, as you said, this was one of the best. If you're a baseball person, this guy was one of the best to watch. Uh, he played with joy. He hit for power. He hit for average. He was a tremendous, tremendous defensive third baseman. He was very consistent, and he was very durable. I mean, he checks every single box. Yep. He checks the analytics boxes. He checks the old school boxes. Um, so I thought he was going to – I didn't think he'd get closer. I thought maybe 90, 90 to 92%, maybe not 95.1%. But I thought that he was going to get in and get in, you know, without a doubt this time, his first time. And he was funny. He was actually oh, very funny. Really funny. Like with his teammates and stuff, he was a blast to watch. Um, I got to – one of these things always drove me crazy. It's funny if, you, if it still goes on because now it, now it doesn't happen. But what was the deal for years when, like, there'd always be some like, some guys who were clearly, you know, they should be, they should just Did, didn't get a hundred percent, so this guy shouldn't get a hundred. percent Yeah, like deal. you know, guys didn't get a hundred percent who were clearly Hall of Famers. I, mean, I know people now it's changed a bit, but what was up with that mentality? It was just an old school mentality that you know no one had had done it. You know, the the original class didn't. Babe Ruth wasn't. Ty Cobb wasn't. So should George Brett be or should Cal Ripken or Tony Gwynn be? Um, and, it, you know, it, it's funny. Everybody does their things differently. I remember when Cal was going in, myself and a San Diego uh, Padres beat writer, the two of us combined to try and contact all. It was a time with 600 uh, writers and or 500 and some writers. And to find out who didn't vote for Cal and who didn't vote for uh, uh, Tony Gwynn. There were six and eight, I think. And – We've, I found two of them, and one did not vote for Cal or Tony Gwynn because of the era they played in, because part of it was steroids. And the other one was trying to get somebody else on their ballot, so thought that Gwynn and, and uh, Rifkin didn't need their help. Um, it just it's dumb stuff. And, and, you know, people, there's so many different people that vote for this. They have all different ideas on it. Uh, I think most of us believe that if a guy should be – a Hall of Famer. I mean, he's a slam dunk guy with no questions asked. I think you vote for him in the first ballot, and he deserves to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And if he's unanimous, great for him. 
I agree. I mean, some guy. Just think about guys like you mentioned Cal Ripken mm-hmm. and, and, and Tony Gwynn right. and Tom Seaver and guys, you know, guys like this. Right. You know, Bob Gibson. You, you you know they're Hall of Famers. But yeah. anyway, well, let right. me let me give you the other side. What about the guys that could be? It could be debatable whether or not they're the Hall of Very Good. And then we get some guys that hang on, like Helton getting in after a, a few years. Yeah. It always kind of weirded me out. It's like, well, why wasn't he? Why, who changed their what mind? What made them this all now? Yeah. He, I mean, you're not adding anything to it, you know. So I was always kind of weirded out by that. But I also thought, like, it's the Hall of Fame, so there should be a tough line that you have to be above or some sort. There's no exact criteria. Um, what are your thoughts about some of those guys that are kind of on the cusp, but maybe not quite there? You know, honestly, I think that's a great point. And it's one of those points that I think that people can argue. I argued before I was a actual voter. And so I think that when you look at it from a side and you think, well, how can Todd Helton get 10% his first two years? And then in his sixth year, he ends up getting over 75%. What did he do? And part of it is, and I think people have to understand this, part of this is the wrangling of the ballot. And, you know, you only get to vote for 10 guys. And I believe that there's still, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a big hall guy. I believe that these guys who, who make just, just get their names in the ballot were tremendous players. And then you have to see where that line is and how great they really were. And I think you have to look at it as an all-around player. And I do. I put defense. You know, defense is a big thing for me. If you can play D and play it really well, won a bunch of gold gloves and all that other stuff, I put you higher. And because, you know, and Jerry Schiffer was difficult for me because he was such a terrible defender. But eventually I did put him in. And why did I eventually put him in? Because I just kept looking at it every year. I do it, and I think a lot of guys do, and people don't realize this, but I think a lot of the voters go back every year and look at the player's individual candidacy. They have to fit it on their their actual ballot of 10. But really how important, you know, what was that guy? And maybe we were missing stuff. It is really difficult, guys, on that first time, even, even to this, this is probably my 17th ballot, and... It is really difficult to check or not check and then send that ballot in. I mean, it, you know, because you know you're, you're messing with guys' lives here. You've got to decide if this guy is the best of the best. And it is a major, major responsibility. And I wish all of my Hall of Fame voters felt that way, but most of them do. All the guys I talk to before I fill it out do. And we just do our research. Jay Jaffe does a great job mm-hmm. um, of kind of putting it all in a historical and, and statistical perspective. And you just try to keep getting, you know, more information from it. So I have not voted for guys the first few years maybe and then voted for him after that. I used to vote for Omar Vizquel, and then information came out that kind of concerned me because character was a big part of why I was voting for him. Um, so I haven't in a couple of years. And maybe I'll add him again. So it is fluid, and I think it should be fluid because I don't think we should be stuck on just one, you know, one idea about a guy. Jeremy, we have some interesting developments this morning. Yeah, because according to Dan Connolly, you can ride the D to the Hall of Fame. There you go. Hey, Dan. <laughs> Dan Connolly joins the Hall of Fame. Part of, Sorry, Dan. Part of big bad morning show. I, I can see that on Twitter right now. Hey, Dan, I want to step back for a second because I'm seeing guys like uh, uh, Andy Pettit, Tory Hunter, and David Wright uh, receive enough votes to stay on the ballot. I don't understand how after two years a guy like Bernie Williams could come off the ballot. Bernie Williams' career numbers, 275, 371 on base percentage, 850 OPS. Look at his playoff numbers, man. I, I don't. His playoff numbers were phenomenal. How could you have a guy – actually, those were his playoff numbers. His career numbers were, were even better than that. 297, 381 
858. How could a guy like Bernie Williams come off the ballot in year number two, not getting at least five, 5%, but, but other guys stay on the ballot when he has better numbers? Well, I mean, the problem is it's the era of it. And there was a log jam of guys, a terrible log jam about eight years ago because of the steroid guys and just getting stuck in there. And, you know, obviously they did third be on the ballot, but then they, they were staying on because some people felt that they should stay on uh, and getting like 30 or 40 percent. And it was really mucking up the ballot. There was a time, guys, honestly, I felt there were 15 or 16 guys who I absolutely positively would have put in and I could only put 10. Uh, you mentioned Bernie Williams, and that's a good one. Kenny Lofton, to me, was one and done. And yeah. he was a guy who was excellent in everything he did. And he was a spark plug of a really one of the best teams we've seen in the last 30 years. And he was one and done. Jim Edmonds was one and done. Um, you know, it's tough. And a lot of it has to do with when you're on the ballot. And, I mean, so I am one of those guys who actually vote for Torrey Hunter. Because Torrey Hunter was one of the best defensive players uh, at his position in decades. And he was a pretty good offensive player, especially once he got to the Angels. Uh, he was a real good offensive player. And I feel like he needs to be considered more. I don't necessarily think he's a Hall of Famer, um, but I voted for him this year, again, because I want him to stay on the ballot for other people to kind of think about it, maybe when their ballot clears. Now, their ballot may not clear because you've got some good guys coming in next year um, who are going to take some spots. But for the most part, a lot of us lost four spots this year on our ballot because three guys went in, which is great. And then Gary Sheffield fell off. So you're talking about four open spots, and I think there might be room for other guys. Because, again, if you are a big haul guy, and you may have more than 10. I mean, you may have 11, 12, 13, and so that kind of opens it up. The fact that Bernie Williams, that Kenny Lawson, that Jimmy, Jim Edmonds, all those guys who played premium positions and played exceptionally well didn't make it in or, or didn't really even have a chance to be considered much, I think is a shame. Tory Hunter, great D. Stamp of approval from Dan Connolly right there. You got to love it. Hey, Dan, Dan, next year it's Ichiro, right? Is uh, He should be a first ballot guy. Are there any uh, anybody else standing out that could possibly be first ballot guys next year? Yeah, I mean, Ichiro is a slam dunk. He's a guy that I think could honestly be uh, – I mean, he could be unanimous. I mean, how do you vote against that guy, yeah. especially considering his first few years weren't even in you know Major League Baseball? You don't really count those. So um, I think he should be – I mean, he's obviously a big you know, number one for me. Uh, the guy who I think is interesting, who I think could get in, is CC Sabathia. We've kind yes. of gotten away from, from starting pitchers a little bit uh, because of numbers that are in our head and things like that. But this guy was really good, was really dominant, was – I mean, he was as good as – I've actually – his very first game was against the Orioles in Cleveland, and I covered it. Um, him versus Chuck McElroy, in fact – and uh, and you could tell from the very beginning that this kid was unbelievably special, and he did it, and he did it for you know for a long period of time. He battled his own demons, but he was a tremendous pitcher for a long period of time. He's going to get my vote for sure. Uh, Felix Hernandez is is going to be uh, first timer next year. Dustin Pedroia, Ian Kinsler are guys who are first timers next year. So it's a pretty good class. But I think the two that stand out for me are you know Etro by far, and then CC Sabathia. Dan Conley, what are you working on right now, man? Man, I'm just trying to figure out what's going on with with how slow this baseball season, is, all season is. So I'm going to put together some some things on really just who's out there and and what's going on. I mean, it's it's crazy that you know this many good players are still out there and we're near in February. So you think it's a lot of Oriole fans have been saying it's slow. You think it's slow through period? Oh yeah. 
Except I for mean, the Dodgers, you know, right? The, four, of, four of Scott Boris's top clients are still available. I mean, it, it's crazy that, you know, and, and a lot of mid-level guys are still available. Um, I've never, I don't know if I've ever seen it like this. Maybe, maybe in the, you know, four or five years ago it was real slow. But, I mean, this, it's amazing to me that guys like Blake Snell haven't picked a team yet. Yeah. yeah I agree with you on that. Dan, thanks a lot. As always, a pleasure, my friend. All right, guys. Take thanks, care. Man. Thanks, man. Defense. I'm going to stress the word defense from here on out. All right, okay, all right. Well, I'm glad you cleared that up because, I mean, you know how we think around here. I know, I know. Go hey, Big D. It's on me. All I right. love me some D. <laughs> yeah, uh, folks, if you're listening right now, you've heard history because that's the last time Dan Conley will do this show. <laughs> Joe LaCroix, Encore 945, but on the other side is the Daily Live. Yeah, I had a, a decent night last night. Three and two of my top plays. Uh, hit a bunch of the, my other plays as well. Hockey went well for me. The hockey went well. Uh, we'll talk about the NBA, some of the changes that are going on, what we've seen thus far. And college hoops, the Terps are in action tonight. Am I on them? I'll tell you about all that when we come back right here on the Big Bad Morning Show. The Big Bad Daily Line. Sponsored by the Green Turtle Bet Parks Sportsbooks. This postseason, bet in person at the Green Turtle Bet Parks Sportsbooks. With locations in Camden and Towson and enjoy the best-in-class sports wagering experience at their state-of-the-art facilities. Bringing an unmatched sports betting thrill. 105.7 The Fan. Up to Mitchell's second free throw. Back rim, no, got his own rebound, fadeaway flip. It is off the rim, no good. And the Badgers will survive. There you go. Uh, I actually called a Minnesota outright win, but said I'd gladly take the three and a half points. Badgers win by two, so it's a winner. It's a winner. A winner. Um, actually had a really good night as far as my picks went overall. Um, NBA wasn't all that kind to me, but I did hit my favorite NBA play last night. And when I left here and started diving more in the game, I loved the over between the Jazz and Pelicans. It was 239 and a half, and it flew over the total. The thing that scared me was a bit of a blowout, but you only needed 40 points in the fourth quarter because, hell, the um, the Pelicans had scored almost 100 points through three quarters. Mm-hmm. Just a crazy, crazy night in a blowout. I had BYU knocking off Houston. They lost. I called the Kent State um, upset. They won. And then I had Virginia Tech and Boston College over 148. Finished at 147. So, hit a bunch of other ones. We talked about South Carolina. Good game from them. I had the over in the Blues. Um, Duquesne, UCF. So, like, overall, a nice night. And it makes you wonder, where, where do you look today when we have an interesting slate with college hoops, NHL, a little bit of everything um, for you if you're interested in that sort of thing. But, you know, NHL's been kind to me, but usually Wednesday nights are... Light nights, right? For us, for hockey. Yeah, for hockey. In the NHL, you get light nights in hockey. You get the busier nights on Thursday nights. Mm -hmm. Kind of the flip for the NBA. So here we are on hump day. I would look at the Caps and the Avalanche under at six. I think that's a really interesting play. Um, And then I also like St. Louis and Vancouver to go over the six. That will be a late. both those late games as the Caps are at Colorado. Those are two plays I'm looking at. As far as uh, some of the other action, when you look at matchups, there was nothing that really jumped out at me as far as sides go. A lot of bigger favorites tonight, like LA's a minus 200, Seattle's minus 280, Vancouver's minus 225, Colorado's minus 250, Florida's minus 220. So it's like good teams and bad teams are in action. Probably the marquee game tonight would be Carolina and Boston, I would say. Uh, wouldn't you? Like the if you were going to watch one, taking fandom out of it, 
Well, it's probably the yeah, probably the best, probably game. the best game tonight for sure. Yeah, just looking at the slate. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, it's on TNT as well. I keep forgetting about hockey being on TNT. It's yeah. kind of cool. All right, in the NBA tonight, because uh, I want to save uh, college for last because that's where I have most of my favorite plays and some stuff I really like early. Uh, a couple things you can look at. So the Golden State Warriors coming back. I don't like to use this stuff, but I do think it's going to be emotional for them. Uh, the loss of their coach. Remember, they had postponed a couple of their games. They get to face the Atlanta Hawks, who the Atlanta Hawks are probably going to be 500 at some point. They win one, they lose one. They win one, they lose one. That's what they did all last year, never having a streak of any kind uh, to be put together. Makes but, for a 500 season. Yes. <laughs> but tonight, so like the Wolves are interesting. Minus 11 and a half uh, against the Washington Wizards. And the only reason I say they're interested, their coach made a statement through the media. Let's see how they react. You're mm-hmm. facing a terrible team in the Wizards who don't play defense. You're going to get whatever you want tonight. You're an 11 and a half point favorite on the road. You should be able to do whatever you want against this team, mm-hmm. right? Let's see how they react to what their coach said. But see, here's what the problem is. And this is going to another topic. Guys today, because they have so much power, instead of listening to him, they'll try to get him fired. He's not saying the right things to us. Well, that's just what happened with Adrian Griffin. There, exactly. There are some exactly. stories out there that he um, he went after the team after they lost the in-season tournament to the Pacers, and some guys didn't like what he had to say. Uh, I've been talking. The only reason Thanasis Antetokounmpo is, Antetokounmpo is on a team is because his brother is Giannis. He is the worst player in the NBA. That cat is, he's the best cheerleader. He will clap his ass off for, <laughs> over there. Like, But hes he adds nothing. And there's all these memes out there that I don't know if it had anything to do with that and interaction. But you lose Giannis, you're going to lose the team. Yeah. And that's apparently what happened here when it comes to the superstars. Guys are starting to realize the type of power that they have and the leverage that they have on people. And they're using it accordingly. And it wouldn't shock me to see that with Minnesota because Anthony Edwards, after the game, said they wanted to get Cat to 100. He was more concerned about getting him to 100 than he was even winning the game is what it felt like. So um, I do think Dallas is an interesting spot tonight as they host the Suns. Suns have been on a bit of a heater. I mentioned the Warriors, the Wolves. The one that really stands out to me is I think the Heat blow out the Memphis Grizzlies. They just added Terry Rozier. You have to make sure that he's going to be in the lineup tonight. But again, I don't think it matters because if you look at the Grizzlies lineup, everybody's hurt. Everyone. Name a player. They're not playing. I think Jaron Jackson Jr. might be the only star that you know that's playing. Desmond Bain hurt. Marcus Smart hurt. John Moran out for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. All their bigs are hurt except for Jaron Jackson. Even Xavier Tillman, who comes off the bench from him, he's banged up, but he's been playing. Right. So um, do with it what you will, but I, I do like the heat to handle business tonight. In college, I think there's a lot of great spots. Um, I'll be looking at Iowa State to knock off Kansas State. Northwestern hosting Illinois. I think Northwe- Northwestern wins outright. Citadel is in a great spot against Mercer. <laughs> You're loving that one, huh? Jacksonville State, Middle Tennessee State under the 122. And I like Illinois, Chicago, and Indiana State to go over that 151. think we get a shootout there. So those are the plays. There you go. Good luck, everyone. Thank you very much, Jeremy Kahn. 410-583-1057. That's the number. Let's go out to Brad in Virginia. What's up, Brad? Hey, how's it going, guys? Doing well. How are you? Quick question for I'm doing all right. Quick question for Jeremy. I don't know if you've seen this through the sports betting forums, but this referee assignment for the Ravens Chiefs game this weekend is a little concerning. Yes, I don't know if you've seen it. I have uh, all that. If people want to know, it's what do they get? Sean Smith, I believe. Sean Smith, yeah. yeah. And Sean Smith and his games. If this worries you guys, um, Sean Smith and his whenever he's done road games, the the or whenever he does games, the road team wins sixty percent of the time outright. 
So there's this big push on social media. And I like I agree with it. You couldn't find a better referee here to get this job. I don't think I think the NFL could do all they want to try to get the Chiefs to the Super Bowl, but I don't think this is one of those. When I heard so much about this guy, I was waiting for 70, 80%. 60%. Yeah, it does lean on the roadside. But Ed, I mean, for for all the 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 fear that you had of it, I'm thinking this guy's like 80% of the road teams win. 60% right. do, it does favor the road team, mm-hmm. but it's 60%. <laughs> Yeah, and, you know what I mean. And Joe, you just said it to me. You said the average was what? Yeah, like, like the average for a road team to win the games that he's not in is like forty four percent. It's it, well, look here. Here's the look. Here lies the rub, Ed. I know you love <laughs> yeah, when I say that. I do. When you're going to pick these refereeing crews, you're going to find the one that calls the most holding, right? The most holding calls on the offensive line. The most pass interference calls. The most defensive holding. A team where the road team wins more than the home team. Um, the only thing I'm happy about is they didn't get Ed Hockley's kid, who I think just got awful. So you can have Sean Hockley. You can shoot that cat into the sun. His crew is one of the worst <laughs> crews there is. Um, but, again, just play your part. Do what you're supposed to do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then w- w- everything's on film. So if something is outrageously ridiculous, we're all going to talk about it. But it has happened It's before. just more of the paranoia. You know what I mean? 60%, 60%. Again, I'm thinking like 80% this guy is or something like that. You know, That's still 15% above the league average. I understand. I, I, I understand. It but it's not – 20 or 30%. It's not worth the paranoia that I'm hearing, in my opinion. 410-583-1057. That's the number. Baltimore's Big Bad Morning Show on the fan. Joe has the encore. You don't want to miss it. Find out what we learned today on the fan. Can I ask you two a question? Sure. All right. It's just us talking right now. Nobody's listening, right? Nobody's listening, right? Because I don't want anybody else to hear this. Why is it socially acceptable only for white men to be bad dancers? Because it's expected. Because I can't. If if I dance bad, nobody wants to see that. If you dance bad, it goes viral. Do you know what happened in our groups to the? Why? Boys? Why is that? Why is it? Why is it not acceptable? Elaine, not only white guys, white people. Elaine was one of the worst dancers on television. For the funniest episodes. Ever. But it's the funniest episode. You know what I'm saying? If if that was two two seven. Nobody wants to see that. And Jack A. Yes, nobody wants to see Jack A. dance badly. But Elaine. <laughs> Now that you mention this, I fa- I've been looking for something to send. I'm sending him a text today. Horrible. And this is in it. <laughs> oh, John Travolta. Because yeah. <laughs> he kind of had the same move at the end there. Why, but, why, is that, why is that socially acceptable? But you know, black dudes get the same thing when they can't play basketball. When they, uh-huh. it's like, hey, if man. you and I stood up right now and danced and Ed filmed it. And I'll, both of us dance poorly. Let's which say we I both dance the same. Which I wouldn't, but it's poorly. Yeah. Folks would be like, Dad, what's wrong with Rob? Man, but Jeremy. laugh at Jeremy. <laughs> they would know you're dancing bad, but yours would be funny. Mine would be pathetic. It's so good. Yeah. Why is that? And that's the encore for the day. 410-583-1057. Vinny and Haney on the other side. Then, of course, uh, inside access from 2 to 6. But right now, it's time to find out what we learned today. Ed Norris, what did you learn today? A lot of things in sports history today. Today's date, 1950. Biggest contract in Dodgers history was signed by Jackie Robinson for $35,000. Mm. Can you imagine? $35,000. A year? <laughs> that was an old contract. I don't know if it was a year or what. What's the difference? Uh, probably not a year because the average salary was, well, who knows? In 1982, so you're going to like this, 
Super Bowl was won 26-21. San Francisco beat the Bengals. The MVP was your boy Joe Montana. And today was actually a busy day. And uh, NFC and AFC championships were decided into 2021 where the Chiefs beat the uh, – excuse me. It's, it's this, I'm ahead of myself here. You're getting ahead of yourself? Yeah, the Chiefs The Chiefs did win today. <laughs> uh, they beat the Bills again, 38-24. And the Buccaneers won. They beat the Packers 31-26. And, of course, you know what happened two weeks later – the Buccaneers end up beating the Chiefs 31-9 in the Super Bowl. So it was a pretty busy day. Let's go back a second. 1982, the Super Bowl was already played January the 24th. Yes. So the Super Bowl was played before the NFC the championship games even played now. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's absolutely crazy. Uh, I learned today's a couple of national days. I'm a, you guys like peanut butter, right? You love peanut butter. Today's National Peanut Butter Day. I'm not a can guy. I don't like drinking things out of can normally. I like it in the can. I'm sure. Today is uh, National Beer Can Appreciation Day. What do you do on Beer Can Appreciation Day? That just sounds What on earth do you do on those? Crush them? Just walk around and thank the cans for their service. Today is also National Compliment Day. Pay someone a compliment. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Come on. That's a nice sweatshirt. All right. Thank you. Coppin State University, baby. Go ahead. Come on, Jeremy. Come on. Huh? You're... You look great today, Rob. <laughs> Joe, Joe, come on. Come on Rob, Joe. you did not F up the show as badly as I thought you would today. That's my guy. That's my guy. <laughs> also, a couple of sports birthdays today. Bobby Bethard celebrating the birthday today. Former NBA player, big guy, Mark Eaton. Remember oh, him? Eaton. Utah Jazz yeah. celebrating the birthday today. Former bad boy, Rob Dibble celebrating the birthday today. My girl, Mary Lou Redden celebrating the birthday. Only you, Mary Lou. And finally, your boy crush, your man crush there, Sean McVay. Is he 40 yet? <laughs> Celebrating the birthday today. How does this I one... don't think he is, actually. No, I don't think so. How does this one make you feel? One minute you're young and carefree, and the next minute your kids are asking for help with their homework in history because you were alive in the 1900s. <laughs> Does that make you feel old? That's not hey, funny. Ugh, what's that? Ugh. Saying the 1900s makes you think it was like 1910. Yeah, I know. It's weird. Uh, Frog had a DNA test. Turns out he's part Irish, part French. And just a tadpole. <laughs> so that's just uh, that's just awful, right? Uh, I'm sure it's not as low as you can go. Go ahead, keep going. Just been to the new gym at work because they finally got a new machine in. Only use it for a half an hour as I started to feel sick. It's great though; it does everything: Kit Kats, Mars bars, Snickers, <laughs> crisps. I guess that's potato chips. Today I plan on being as useless as the G in lasagna. Right. Tell me something that will make me happy and sad at the same time is what I said to my wife. And she said, your penis is so much bigger than your brother's. <laughs> oh, that kind of works. Oh, it just it could have so, worked. So, been smaller. So is that a compliment or <laughs> makes you wonder? <laughs> uh, last one here for you. I was talking to the guys on my street and they said, uh, apparently the mailman slept with everybody's wife on the street except one. So I told my wife and she said, I bet it's Claire. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't feel good when she said it. Yeah. That just, uh, that just reminds me of a joke. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, well, here's another. I can't even. I, can I, can I read? 
Well, oh, we're getting, no, it's a, a guy walks into a bar and orders six shots of tequila. The bartender asks, that's a lot. What's the occasion? He said it was his first oral. That's all I'm going to say. The bartender says, well, in that case, the seventh one's free. He said, buddy, if the six doesn't get the taste out of my mouth, then nothing will. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Vinny and Haney up next. Hopefully they will uh, cleanse you a little bit from this show. Have yourselves a wonderful hump day Wednesday. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.